Wow. Look. Thank you all for coming. Bums on seats. Thanks for coming. It's very cold, so thank you for coming outside. <laughs> I know that's the function of Sundance, but it's, it's bloody cold. I don't know how you do it. How do people live here? Maybe the money helps, that's true. <laughs> All right, Nicole, how you doing? I am good, you know, yeah. you're just talking about it's cold, I'm a little hot right now, but you know, I think I'll cool down a little bit, but I'm good, how are you? I'm sweating like a pig farm. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I'm also, I'm happy to be here, that's partly what, what the sweat is. I'm yeah. kind of nervous, it's my first time at Sundance, it's Nicole's first time at Sundance. Is this anyone else? Thank you. Woo! I didn't want to push it, but I was like, applaud. <laughs> um, is anyone else here for the, for the first time? Yes. Oh, good. Oh, good. We're going to be crowded together. <laughs> no, that's a lie. We're all amazing. Don't worry about it. It's going to be beautiful. <sighs> okay. We are very excited to be here. I am Bim Adewunmi. And I'm Nicole Perkins. And we are First Aid Kids. <laughs> all right. We have a fantastic time ahead of us, so we're going to get the show on the road and Nicole. Yeah, but before we do that, we do want to give a little special shout out to our sponsor this evening. <clears throat> Sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're unfamiliar with Thursday Kit, we usually kick things off with a little segment that we like to call redacted, okay? That's when one of us tells a little story, keywords are bleeped out so that you can add your own intrigue to the story. Right. If you've heard the show before, you'll know that we normally use a very generic FCC beep. Mm -hmm. Today, though, I'm going to be the beep. I'm going to be a human beep. <laughs> and it's going to sound something like this. Hold on. Can, are, you, are you ready for the beep? Okay. <laughs> So instead of the little boop that we normally have in place, you're going to hear <laughs> That's live and direct, people. All right? I'm an all-time bicycle. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so this is Nicole is going to do us a little redacted about one of our guests today, Mr. Daniel Day Kim. <clears throat> Daniel puts the <laughs> in my hand. Oh, it's heavy, I say. He replies, I thought you liked thick, so you can take your time and slowly. Oh, I do. <laughs> Fill in the blanks, you know. You can make it as chaste or as dirty as you like. All right. I love Redacted. It's the silliest thing we do every single week. All right. Okay, so our first guest is a man so strikingly beautiful, he can stop actual traffic. I've seen it. <laughs> You've seen it. <laughs> We've seen him as Jin Su Kwan on Lost, Chin Ho Kelly on Hawaii Five O, Brandon Choi in Always Be My Maybe, and soon we'll see him as Dr. Michael Onusuka in Blast Beat, which premieres this weekend here at Sundance. Everyone, let's welcome Daniel Day Kim. <laughs> That sound effect is impressive. Thank you so much. I really thought that was one of those horns. That, no, you know, I went to university to study that. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. Well, again, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us here. Yes. 
Yeah, so you're here this weekend to showcase Blast Beat, which um, Bill and I were already able to see, and it was a privilege to get to see that film. You've seen everybody. it? Yes. I haven't seen it yet. Yes. Really? None of our cats to wow. see it. We're all Whoa, see we're it extra Sunday. special then. <laughs> Why don't you get on our level, Daniel? We've seen it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Will you tell me what it's about? <laughs> well, that's what we're going to ask you. You tell us Uh-oh. what it's about. Right. <laughs> We've seen it. We know it's about two brothers, but can you expand a little bit about what the story is and how it came to you? Sure. Um, the story centers around uh, two brothers and a family that are originally from Colombia. Uh, they immigrate to the United States. Uh, they, the two kids are teenagers who love heavy metal, uh, and uh, they enroll in high school. Life seems to be going pretty well, and then they find out that their immigration attorney is a fraud. So they are in the country illegally. Uh, so it is a story about family. It's a story about immigrants. It's a story about uh, the issue of immigration. Uh, it's a story about love. I play a professor at a local university who befriends uh, one of the teenagers uh, who happens to be a heavy metal loving science prodigy who wants to become a NASA scientist. So it plays on a lot of uh, preconcep- preconceived notions we have about uh, immigrants, and, and not only that, but people who love heavy metal. Because you see these dudes and they have like really long hair and you think there's no way that these are brainiacs, the brainiacs that they are. But they're stellar students and I play someone who happily uh, gets to help one of them. Um, and so, obviously, you're acting in the film, but you also serve as executive producer. Um, what was it about Blast Beat that made you feel like you had to be a part of this project? I'm an immigrant. Uh, I was born in... <laughs> I was born in Korea, and I came over to the States when I was young, and I remember, uh, you know, what it was like to try and assimilate and become American, and I'm very proud of being American. But this story was specifically about Colombians, uh, in this case, but it's a universal story. Anyone who has the experience of feeling like an outsider or like they don't belong and are trying to make a home for themselves uh, thousands of miles away from everything that they know. So I could relate to that. And uh, I really loved the fact that, you know, it's a very personal story. The writer and director uh, was working on it for many, many years. It started as a short film. So the passion for this story to get made was was really impressive. And, uh, you know, I've been around a minute. So, you know, I've, I've, I've done jobs for different reasons. But, you know, one of the reasons that, uh, that I've stayed in this business is to be able to choose the kinds of jobs that I want to do. And, and I want to be proud of this, the work that I do. And this job, I'm definitely proud of. Yeah, it's a beautiful film. You should be proud of it. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but your walk on music was uh, Shall We Dance from The King and I. <laughs> I didn't notice, but thanks for pointing that out. Happy to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you starred in The King and I at the Lincoln Center Theatre back in 2016, and that was your Broadway debut. Um, and we actually have a clip from the show. Oh my, okay. <laughs> this is, a, this is your life. One, two, three, and... On a bright cloud of music shall we fly Ah, one, two, three, ah. Shall we dance? One, two, three, ah. Shall we then say goodnight and mean goodbye? One, two, three, and all perchance When the last little star has left the sky <laughs> Shall we still be together with our arms around each other? And shall you be my new romance? On the clear understanding that this kind of thing Shall we dance? 
dance? Shall we dance? Shall we dance? <sighs> I don't know what you got while while you were watching that clip. Um, I got a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I just I just want to be clear. <laughs> Did y'all see Daniel's amazing posture as he was dancing, as he was moving around the stage? Oh, are you? Ooh. <laughs> you watch it? I, I do not blush easily, I will tell you, but I, it's like it's like 90 degrees in here right now. <laughs> Obviously in blast beat because you're a professor, you're dressed, you know, very professorially. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? We're going to yeah, make it a word? Absolutely. You know, yeah, with the nice um, crisp white shirts and the ties. Sometimes you're in a lab coat. Um, and that's, that's very hot. I just want you to know. <laughs> you like that look, huh? Yeah, okay. I like that a lot. Noted, noted. Okay. Yeah, keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> Don't ever forget it. Okay. I, ju I just want to be clear. I'm so sorry to make you blush, but I... I'm not. <laughs> Sometimes words have to come out. And the thing is, I watched that clip and I was like, oh, I, I should take up musical theater. <laughs> I should do that. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, but for many people, Lost was the first time that they were introduced to you. And um, I wonder, you know, um, as on Lost, you were a part of a group of survivors mm -hmm. from a plane wreck. Um, your character kind of had the same outfit throughout the season. That's for season. sure. There it is, kind of like right <laughs> yeah, there. That was yeah. a season's worth of outfit right yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> and we weren't really given the opportunities to um, lust after Jen in the same way that we were given to look at Sawyer. And, you know, he was shirtless a lot. Well, he's a good-looking dude. He know? is. No, no shade to him. No yeah. shade to him, but also, I can, because I'm going to get a mirror for Dan. Like, it's not as yeah. though he had the monopoly on hotness. I'm just saying. <laughs> and if not, like, if, at one point I was like, is he allergic to shirts? <laughs> <laughs> but as your career has gone on, I've noticed that you've kind of leaned into being, you know, someone that we all want to keep looking at and having on our screen. Um, so you've kind of been growing into thirst. Was that accidental? Uh, accidental thirst. Um, <laughs> I... It, I, I will tell you that it's not on purpose, um, but you know, on the TV show that I was working on uh, after Lost, Hawaii Five O, you know, we're in Hawaii, and so the weather's beautiful. There's going to be you know swimsuit shots, surfing shots, and so uh, yeah, naturally shirtless shots. Did you feel self-conscious about any yes, of those shots? Yes, of course. Yeah, bless you. Yes, no, no come need. on, like you know. <laughs> 10 million people watching you without a shirt on, you know, and, uh, can you know. I, can I just say, that was the most subtle flex. 10 million people. No. <laughs> just 10 million, a casual 10 million watching me without my shirt. It's yeah, a, it's a hardship. Right, I right. get it. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, so... So yeah, no, it's a little nerve-wracking, and even if you, even if you think you're not vain about it, there's always someone to tell you, "You look great," and you're not even thinking about it. And as soon as someone says something, you're automatic, you automatically start thinking about it. So, uh, you know, and then the makeup department will slowly ask you, "Do you want any like shading? Do you want any contouring?" I was like. I didn't think I needed any, but, um, you know, so, you know, it's, it's a whole thing, but uh, you can't take it too seriously. Do you feel more confident now in your body or in your appearance now that you have to be kind of more exposed in your career? I think I just feel more confident because I'm older, you know, I, I yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> a, ri a ripple of recognition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to all the older people in the crowd. <laughs> Uh, no, it's true. I mean, I think um, 
there is a wisdom that comes with age and there's a kind of a comfort in your own skin. Mm -hmm. And I definitely feel those things. Um, and you know, uh, with any luck, I'll be able to continue, you know, doing what I do for a while and, and hopefully I'll gain a little more wisdom along the way. What a diplomatic, wise answer. <laughs> so we saw, we went to see Always Be My Maybe. We got invited out by Netflix to go watch it on the big screen, which is how you should watch all movies. But here, um, here. <laughs> we're at Sundance. Yeah, film. Huh? Yeah. All right. Um, but we saw in Always Be My Maybe, speaking of, you know, being more confident and feeling more like, you know, a wider wardrobe. And um, you, they put you in a bunch of suits in Always Be My Maybe. You're on the red carpet. Even when you're at home, you're kind of like, you know, put together. And one of my favorite looks in the whole movie is when they put you in that buff-colored Adidas tracksuit. <laughs> Does anyone remember yeah. that tracksuit? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of people remember. Yeah, of course they do. Um, and the thing is, Brandon, the character you played, I say this with the ultimate respect. He's a bit of a dick. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like this high-powered, new-age California self-obsessed, kind of self-centered, and ah, awful. But I just want to say, I understood why Sasha was going to marry him. Anyway, we have a clip from that. Uh, can we okay. play that clip? Hey, hey, what do you think about this for the flowers for the wedding, huh? I'll do for black flowers what I did for fish sauce ice cream. Sure. Good. I just don't want to be a boring-ass bride. You know, let's spice it up. Can I talk to you about something? Yeah. Sure. What's up? I've been thinking about this a lot. And if it's cool with you, I'd like to postpone the wedding. It's not that I don't want to get married. I do. It's just, it's just that this opportunity has come up for me to go to India with Jose Andres. The chef from Bazaar? Exactly. He's opening up a new restaurant there, and he knows about my two years in the saffron fields of Kashmir with Alice Waters. So you want me to go to San Francisco alone? That's the beauty of it. We'd both be in new surroundings. We'd be apart together before entering into a lifelong commitment i just i just want this to be right so that when we do get married he'll be the best husband he can be so in that sense it's really for the both of us are you serious what the hell is happening right now <laughs> my wife said finally a role where you're yourself <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is how he pronounces Kashmir. <laughs> I, he, I always, I saw him as one of those guys that would take pains to pronounce words in different languages yep. exactly as the natives would pronounce them, you know? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's quite a douchebag. <laughs> but uh, how was that for you being able to flex some of your comedic skills? Because we don't really get to see that much of your comedy. I was so great. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, for whatever reason, I've been playing serious roles for a lot of my career. But I love comedy. And, you know, especially working with people like Ali Wong and Randall Park, who are so incredibly generous. Yeah. And on a project like that, that I could believe in, mm -hmm. um, it was a pleasure to play such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you are also moving behind the camera more. You've directed uh, an episode of Hawaii Five-0, an episode. Um, you're also an EP on The Good Doctor. And obviously, you're an uh, executive producer for Blast Beat. And your production company, 3AD, is doing a lot. Are there any projects that you can tell us about right now? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we've, uh, we've been around for a number of years. And we have a couple of projects that we just sold last week. So... Cool. Um, 
Thank you. Sundance exclusive. Uh, uh, that's right. Uh, I don't want to say too much about them at the moment, but they're very much in the vein of The Good Doctor, where we're, you know, there's this, uh, this theory that there are only seven stories in the world. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that what my company is trying to do is to tell them from a different perspective and one we haven't heard from before. Mm -hmm. Um, the Good Doctor center, centers around uh, a young surgeon uh, who is living with autism. And the central question is, can someone with autism be an effective surgeon and a good friend? And uh, and in this season, we're exploring his dating life. So uh, the projects that we're working on um, also kind of uh, reflect a lot of the similar themes. Excellent. We look forward to seeing them. Well, thanks. <laughs> Earlier this I'm month. So serious now. I know. This I'm so serious. We we run the whole gamut. Next, okay. there's going to be a question on Syria. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, earlier this month on your Instagram, which you should check out, Daniel's Instagram. You should do that. Um, you posted a photo of you and your brother when you were kids, and um, it's a photo of your brother dressed as Batman, and you addressed as Superman. And the caption was, "You said, um, as for me, Superman always." And it just reminded me, first of all, of Steve Carell saying, I am Beyonce always from The Office. Uh, why not? But is, is Clark Kent slash Superman the superhero that you would want to be? Or, here's a suggestion, it's out there. Are you interested even a little bit in playing, for example, Amadeus Cho, a.k.a. Hulk? Ooh. Oh, you, 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 know your, you know your comic books. I, I was a big comic. I was needlessly a comic book nerd for too long. Wow. Yeah, I know. Luckily, I discovered the internet, so I, I, I widened my gaze. Uh, you know, I loved Superman. I haven't told anyone else. Um, Ooh, more exclusive. You guys will be the first. Uh, my dad is a doctor. He was a, he's a retired doctor, and um, he... I have bumps and bruises um, throughout my life because I was a pretty active kid. The first time he ever had to do surgery on me was when I got up on a windowsill in our apartment and, uh, and I, as I, I jumped off and as I jumped off, I yelled, Superman! <laughs> and literally fell flat on my face on the hardwood floor, gashed open my chin and uh, thankfully, and my dad brought out his uh, uh, surgery bag and stitched me up without any anesthetic right then and there. Uh, and I still have the scar. Oh, bless. Uh, but that's how much I love Superman. Okay. Uh, uh, Amadeus Cho is, I, I can totally relate to Amadeus Cho because who doesn't have a Hulk inside of them, right? Who? Who? You know? Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I'm used to being, we're all used to being a different color, so green ain't, ain't no thing. Ain't good. Not a thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Amadeus Cho, you heard it here first. I mean, when the time comes, can I be an EP on the film? Sure, come on. Let's do it together. <laughs> it takes a village, right? You joke, but I'm going to be on set. And you be like, how the hell did she get here? And I'm going to bring out the video of this and just kind of be like, uh, evidence, receipts. I'm just saying. <sighs> oh, I think on that note, <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for joining us this evening. My pleasure. It's, it's good to be fantastic. here. Thanks yeah. so much, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> so we want to make sure our audience, make sure you catch Blast Beat when it is out on a wider release. And in the meantime, you can find Daniel in, um, on Twitter and Instagram at Daniel Day Kim. Thank you. All right. Give it up for Daniel. Thank you so much. All right, before we bring on our next guest, we have another word from our sponsors, Dropbox.
Let's give it up one more time for Daniel Day Kim. <laughs> and once again for our sponsor, Dropbox. All right, it is time to bring out our second guest, and we are really spoiling you with the smorgasbord of thirsty guest goodness. You may know our second guest from his leading man looks as showcased on HBO's Insecure, but he's also been in all your faves, The Vampire Diaries, How to Get Away with Murder, The Flash, the list goes on and on. His new movie, Miss Juneteenth, opened literally yesterday here at Sundance. Please, please give him a warm welcome, Kendrick Sampson. Everybody gives such good hugs. I love it. But I did it wrong. Wow. So Bambi Salcedo, she's like an, a really dope uh, trans Latina act activist. And she, um, the Trans Latina Coalition, she runs that. And she always says you have to hug heart to heart. Oh. Which is so interesting because here we drive on the right side of the road. We do everything with like, like being right-handed is celebrated and all this stuff. But we always go to the left when we hug. It's such an interesting thing I've do been we? thinking about. Yeah, you automatically go to the left. It seems so trivial, but I'm trying to I'm trying to break it. Okay. Well, right. challenge accepted. We too will hug heart to heart. Yeah, from now on. heart right. to heart. It's okay. heart to heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you doing besides, you know, trying to get into the habit of hugging heart to heart? How are you today? I'm crazy. I'm listen, I'm tired. I am tired. <laughs> I am tired. 2020, just thinking about 2020 is tiring. Um, but I'm also like going straight from here, hitting the campaign trail, going to Iowa. After that, I'm going to New York, and then I'm going to London, then I'm going to Vancouver, then I'm going to New Orleans. So Ooh, you are booked and busy. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is this your first time here at Sundance? No, I came last year with a, a film called Bedlam. Um, one of my really good buddies, uh, Patrice Cullors, who was co-founder of Black Lives Matter, was one of the subjects of the film, and it covered um, uh, the intersection of mental health and incarceration and how our mental health is uh, is uh, criminalized um, and oppressed. And so uh, I was here more as a surrogate last year for that film, and this year is the first year I've had uh, I've been in a film here, yeah. Right. Yes, and that film is Miss Juneteenth, um, and we've heard really good things about it already. Can you tell us a little bit about it, please? It follows Turquoise, uh, who is a former Miss Juneteenth, and if you don't know what Juneteenth is, it's the celebration um, ju ju uh, June 19th um, of the when the last slaves were informed that they were free, like two, three years after the Emancipation Proclamation, it was they were... The last slaves were um, in Galveston, which is right outside of where I grew up in Houston. Um, and so it is our answer to, uh, to be completely frank, um, I grew up thinking, you know, Independence Day was bullshit, right? I was like, what is this? It's not our freedom. <laughs> so Juneteenth? Um, so it's a big, big deal culturally in Texas, as well as pageants, um, which is a whole nother thing. Uh, and in Texas, um, uh, Miss Juneteenth is, is, is one of those pageants and it follows Turquoise, who was a former Miss Juneteenth and, and has, you know, been through life and is not 
up to the expectations that she thought she was going to live up to or her parent or her mom or, or society in general. Um, and it explores her imperfections and her, um, her struggle to raise her daughter, um, her relationship with her, her husband and, and just navigating through life, which we don't get to see a lot of black people just being nuanced characters. They're either super perfect, like a hidden figure or, a, you know, they've, they're the first to do something to finally earn their, their right to have their story told, or they're like super demonized and criminalized and evil. And so we don't get a lot of those beautiful, um, nuanced portrayals. So Nicole Bahari does an amazing job. And uh, Alexis, uh, it was literally her first audition. Um, And she booked it and she came in like the day that she found out and she was like, are are you an actor? (laughs) Are you on Insecure? That's her right there. Yeah. Like literally she she didn't like that. She didn't have time to process anything. Um, and she, she jumped right in the, the next day. She had her fittings. We all sat down, got to know each other, bonded really quickly. Um, and then, and then the next day she started shooting. So it's pretty, she factor that in when you see it, she's incredible. Can you tell us about your character specifically? Ronnie is her father. Um, and he is, um, like a lot of the guys I know and that I grew up with. And when I read it, um, a lot of things, uh, to be frank, you know, editing happens and, and, and uh, the films is, you know, if y'all are filmmakers, y'all already know what the hell I'm about to say. Um, certain things don't end up in the film. And there were, there were some beautiful things when I read it. Um, Ronnie was like people that I know and like people in my family that I grew up with. It was beautiful, nuanced uh portrayal of you know this country hood dude who who um we all know you know well we all know something you know um you know and and I I fell in love with him I was just like this guy's story needs to be told that that guy that has a daughter that he's trying really hard but he keeps messing up and but he gets right back up and he tries to find his hustle mentality he's got to make this money and he's got to do right by his daughter and this girl um and 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 his wife and and um and it, you know he he's he's just again a nuanced portrayal of of a of of young black men with all of the other things that black people have to deal with white supremacy and patriarchy and capitalism and all that kind of stuff and and navigating through that and trying to find how to best service with his past and everything service his daughter and this his relationship and and really trying to win back you know um his his wife yeah wow give it up for mr Juneteenth synopsis So I'm going to take that deeply felt, um, incredibly well-delivered, just thoughtful answer. I'm going to make it, well, I'm going to trivialize just a little bit of it. Because you mentioned the subject matter, Miss Juneteenth is about a pageant. Um, and we know Texas, we know pageants. I have a question. And we like to throw this question out to some of our guests when they come out. So um, <laughs> i take a deep breath and just ask the question. Kendrick, when did you first know that you were pretty? That's a really good question. I don't know. I like I I grew up like super 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 skinny and and only older people would call me cute and I hated cute. Q 
cute was like belittling. I was like, I'm an adult. I was like, too. I, I, I would say, I would. Sometimes I would be like, no, I'm handsome. Like I, but I, but everybody else my age would make fun of me, you know. And and like, even like a little bit older, say? I had big old glasses um, since I was maybe six. Um, I had big ears. I had a big old head and big teeth, <laughs> and it was disproportionate to the rest of my body. Thank God. It, it, I mean, it was the same size head like a on lollipop. a little kid. <laughs> Um, and so I, you know, I did not grow up thinking, man, I look good. Like, <laughs> didn't happen. But, you know, as I got older and to be honest, when I started getting, if, if, well, getting, when I would get the girl that I wanted, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I got something, <laughs> you know, cause I really, I, the, my first girlfriend in high school, I had to I had to go to the teacher and be like, you think she'll tutor me? Because I was doing really bad in algebra, and she did. She was like, yeah, I'll 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 do that. And then we just I wasn't ever confident enough to like ask her out or anything. We just had conversations until we were like, I think we're like boyfriend and girlfriend, um, and <laughs> and we you know we you know explored that as high schoolers do. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's I I honestly. You know, even even now I have this like mentality that I have to like keep. And, you know, I grew up black and like the only like speck of color in a lot of my classes. So I was always trying to overachieve and overachieve. And so when it started, when the compliments started coming, when I started, when I my voice finally dropped and, you know, and I found out what contacts were and, you know. Which, you know, it's crazy that they actually make us think that we don't look good with glasses on. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Um, but it's just like society's expectations just burden you on. And I'm like, okay, fine. Let me get these contacts. Let me get all this stuff. Let me stick my finger in my eye. Um, <laughs> you know, and and um, it wasn't till, you know, I started navigating in high school, more so high school, maybe after high school, um, people's attraction to me. Outside of, because I was also thinking it was belittling, because a lot of time it would come in um, when I said I wanted to act, um, and people would be like, "Well, you should model," and I'd be like, first of all, I just said I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> Second of all, you trying to say I shouldn't act? I would do a whole monologue oh, I, that I worked so hard on. I'm not good at memorizing anything. I still am not good. You think actors, you would, you know, it, let, me, let me tell you. Uh, I'm not great. I used to have to write every line down 10 times, 10 times in order to memorize it because I was not good at it. Um, and so when I had to work way harder than everybody else in class in order to to do well, and and when I got up there and performed, I was taking it seriously. And when I was done, and somebody was like, "Have you ever thought about modeling?" I was like, "I hate you." <laughs> so I it, it, yeah, I'm still navigating that. But I you know every time I'm like I appreciate it. I'm even to this day, my buddy's like, "Please don't." When people compliment me, I'm like, "Shit." Uh, what do I say? Um, and my buddy's like, you got to get out of that. You got to get out of that. Just embrace it. Like, say thank you. This is just not how adults act. I'm like, hmm, what? <laughs> well, that's uh, you want you hungry? <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think that being uh, or looking the way that you look? I don't want to keep calling you pretty, but you know, you pretty. Uh, do you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> do you think that that has um, 
hindered your career in any way that people are just like, oh, he's too good looking for this particular kind of role? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, obviously I'm considered for certain roles that other people wouldn't be because of how I look. But at the same time, when I go in there, um, a lot of the time, not only because of the way I look, but also because I'm, you know, multi-ethnic, you know, uh, and... They, when they want somebody to be black, they want somebody to be black, you know, and even I'll, I'll be honest, even in this role, Channing wasn't sure that I could pull this off. She did. But most people don't know what my family looks like. Most people don't know who my family is and my experiences with my family. Um, and if I'm not good at anything else, I'm pretty good at impressions. Um <laughs> And so she did. She she just didn't think because based on of what I'd done before and my looks, and, and she was just like, "You can't be gritty enough." Um, and and I had to convince her, you know, um, and that took a lot. Uh, so there's a, there were a lot of I have not booked a role um, that, and one hundred percent sure I have not booked a role that was written for me. Oh, wow. Like like the description was. This this what you see right now in my first role uh, on Greek was uh, written for a skinny, white, redhead dude. Um, yeah, actually, the only one I will say I did one episode of CSI where I was supposed to be uh, mini Gary Dordan. And um, <laughs> that one was I was like, I hope I got this one. Uh, uh, but the other one, yeah, yeah, but over and over again, I played a British character um on uh showtime and i didn't had to really convince them the same thing with how to get away and like there were there were haven't ever been written in my description so it's finding a place for someone who looks like me uh because you know uh, you know they think black people look one certain way um and then also you know, again, you know, they're like, it, I'm not complaining about this at all. So don't make it. But they're like, oh, he's too good looking for this or, you know, whatever. I'm like, OK, it's really just a fact of acting. You know, mm. you mentioned some of those television roles and obviously you're in a film here. Do you want to do more work on a film? And um, what are some of your dream roles or dream projects? Oh, hell yeah. I want to do a film is my first love. Like I, I and, and um, I didn't ever dream TV would be where it is right now. Like the quality, the the it's it's transformed in the past. I moved to L.A. 13 years ago. And when I moved to L.A., I mean, a lot of things were different. It sounds like so much further away than it was, but we were still using black and white headshots like Hollywood was pretty far behind, you know, and. And um, and TV was not thought of at, like it is now. Now it's on much of it is on par with film, um, like independent film or, or or even higher quality than some of the films. Right. Super like huge special effects like Game of Thrones and such. So um, I've I've fallen in love with TV because of the stories and the quality of the stories being told. Um, but film was always especially independent film was always my first love. So I want to continue to do that. And my dream roles are the ones that I've developed myself and want to produce. Um, I'm working on uh, producing and 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 I want to just I, just nuanced black characters like not innocent i'm tired of us trying to we have to be so innocent or perfect not not evil or nuanced black roles that's what i want to play those are my dreams and then i've 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 developed a few
So, you you know, you've mentioned toggling between film and TV, um, and we want to talk about the small screen for a minute. Um, let's talk about Nathan from Insecure. Um, <laughs> people what are laughing. What, what? <laughs> the thing is... What's the thing? <laughs> the thing? The thing is, I love Nathan. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's, my, it's a problem. But like, I felt so much for him while also wanting to smack him upside yes. the head. And that's good. Like, that's... It's very good. That's a yeah. testament to the writing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But I remember just thinking to myself, like, if I see him in the street, it's on sight. Like, he's so... I, oh, I was annoyed. However, there is one perfect thing that Nathan did with Issa. It was the day-long romantic LA date. I don't know how many of you have seen Before Sunset, Before Sunrise. I grew up loving those films, and all the while I was thinking, where are black people in this kind of life? And then Stella Maggie, director of that episode, plus you, plus Issa, you made my first black Before Sunrise. So first of all, thank you. Oh, wow, I just <laughs> read the lines, hit my mark. You did more than that, I but I like the that. modesty. Um, have you ever actually been yourself on a day-long LA or any other city, like, date? Or is that just for the movies? That's for the movies. I, I, um, <laughs> no, I don't, no, Jesus, no. Uh, I, I have not, no. <laughs> I don't, I have had, super, I've had fun adventures. Mm. Um, but to be completely honest, and this is very controversial to a lot of people, but I don't date. I, I just don't what? have time. What? Um, and I don't, and and more so, I don't want to put that energy towards um, that and going through trial and error and everything oh, while wow. I'm trying to work to liberate people. I'm like, I don't have the time to and to take the responsibility to commit to someone um, right now, or I'm not going to give that time right now. I'm. I'm trying to build a an organization called Build Power. Um, I'm on this campaign trail for 2020. Um, you know, I'm building up my career and I'm good. Okay. But I have had really dope adventures that were similar to to uh, Issa and Nathan um, okay. Okay. running around. And here's what's really funny. Before you go there. Uh, yeah. Here's what's really funny. <laughs> I got to follow up. I didn't have to work too hard um, to relate. And that, that was the first time I, even though, like I said, I had to convince them that I was right for the role. Mm. Uh, that role seemed like it was written for me. Um, they didn't have me in mind. They had a completely different look in mind, really, um, from what I understand. But they, but... I got in there and I was like, I've had these conversations. I've done this. I, when I came to LA, I moved to South LA and I met, actually that was probably the last, well, kind of, I met a girl who like was showing me, you know, LA and, and I had very similar experiences where I was just like, oh, this is dope. But you know, Texas uh, has better barbecue. Uh, Y'all don't know what barbecue is. Um, it's that kind of thing where I was like, I really had these conversations. I was like, what is the valley? That kind of thing. Um, Lamert Park, like what is this entire black area? We have like McGregor and and, so, and, and I'm trying to think of like wealthy black areas. There, It's not like the expansive Ladera Heights to Baldwin Hills to Lamert to, you know, I was just like, this is incredible. 
Um, but at the same time, making fun of it because I'm like, this ain't in Houston. When you go to the hood in Houston, you turn a street and you're like, I need to get the fuck up out of here. <laughs> um, in LA, you're like, these streets are clean. These are nice. That's like, oh, y'all got palm trees? Who takes care of these palm trees? Okay, but I'm, you know, I'm not gonna let you off the hook. I'm, a, I, I want to ask though, while you are, you know, building the nation, don't you sometimes just want to come back home and be like, baby, can you just get me a glass of ice water? Don't, I mean, don't you want somebody there to? Yeah, but I don't have the, I don't, I also have to take the responsibility to be like, you need some ice water. Right. You know what I'm saying? I need, I have to take that responsibility to be like, hey, what do you need and how can I provide it? And right now. I ain't got that. You know what? That's fair that you already know. Exactly. And you're not trying to like lead anybody on. Um, but going back to that day long And you got to go through trial and error till you find that this person. This is true. Which this is, is true. even worse. Yeah. Dating yeah. sucks. You know, and, and I've got to be that trial and error for somebody else, which yeah. is, is hard too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now we're all depressed about the uh. apps. <laughs> <laughs> but to go back to that day long date between Nathan and Issa, it kind of, the whole situation between them kind of went sideways, um, you know, he kind of, he, not kind of, he actually ghosted right. um, and ruined the whole vibe that they had going on. And then he resurfaced and Issa was able to uh, confront him about that. And we've got a little clip. Look, I, I, uh, I, I didn't mean to take off like that. You didn't deserve it. I was in my, because I, I went back to Houston for a bit. I was, I was just dealing with a lot of shit and you know I don't know how to explain it but sometimes I just I get like really down and and kind of negative and I just can't talk to people sometimes and I didn't want to put you through that so you ghosted me and left LA because you were in a bad mood? No, I, no, I, I, I yeah, I know, I know that's fucked up. It's, um, I just wasn't thinking straight. Oh, Nathan. Oh First of all, Issa was wrong. It's more than a bad right, mood. Right, it was more than a bad mood, so she was a little shady for Y'all got any more clips? Because that gives me anxiety. No. Okay. No, no, no. Ooh, no. no. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. We're going we're gonna, to gonna bring it up a little bit for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, based on that whole arc in the show, we've devised a little game that you can play with us here today. It's a variation of, and I apologize for the uh, people who don't like this word, it's a variation on the game that we know commonly as fuck, marry, kill. Um, but instead of that, it's going to be... Okay, so we're going to ask who, um, based on the options that we're going to provide, we're going to ask you, who would you like to um, eat tacos and kiss on the mouth with? <laughs> who would you like to go on a day-long date with? And who would you ghost? Okay. So we've got some cards okay. here. Okay. Yeah, so you can select. Yeah. Okay, you can okay. We well, before y'all do that, before I... Um, so I don't bring down the mood after this. I will. I agree with y'all. I think Issa was was wrong on that regard of like him just being in a bad mood because mm -hmm. he was obviously trying to communicate something obviously. that you know he was dealing with um, mentally and not. Yep. And you know he might not know what that is and mm -hmm. or whatever. But at the same time, you know she does have to protect herself. You know, yeah, and she it's something that she doesn't understand either. Right. And 
you know, that is something that we don't get to talk about in the black Not community or in oppressed communities, really in indigenous communities and, and uh, Latinx communities, you don't get to express those things very mm -hmm. much um, and understand them and work through them and learn how to do that and assess in those situations like, okay, well, let me handle this delicately, but also stand my ground. You right. Know, how do you But she was that? hurt and she was yeah. coming from a place of hurt. Right. But what I will say is there were lots of really wonderful conversations after the fact. This episode with people kind of having like really good conversations. So at least there was an upside to it. I did appreciate just having it out there though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. So kissing so tacos on the mouth. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> ghosting and go on a day long date. date. Yeah. An all day date. And an all-date all, all day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 So we're going to do a little throwback with the first category that we're calling the apple cider vinegar aunties. Okay? You know them when you see them. <laughs> so this, I just want to be clear, we're talking about the characters and not the actors who are portraying them. Okay? So first we have Freddie Brooks. Freddie, Freddie Brooks from A Different World. Uh -huh. Then we Sinclair. have Sinclair James from Living Single and Lynn Searcy from Girlfriends. Come so, on, Lynn. Who, who's the, who are you kissing on the mouth and eating tacos with? <laughs> who am I kissing on the mouth and eating tacos uh -huh. with? I would say... Oh, I appreciate the level of consideration that yeah, you're putting I'm into like, this. Oh, that, yeah, you could bring me back. Uh, <laughs> I think Freddie. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Freddie's my kissing on the mouth and eating tacos and shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, all day date. All day date. AKA Mary in this scenario. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Sinclair. Okay. I see okay. that. Yeah, day okay. Day. And all you're ghosting day. Lynn? You're going to ghost Lynn? Yeah. <laughs> he said absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to give her a good text, but I'm gone. All right, next category. Beautiful, this, though. Yeah. <laughs> this time we are delving into your filmography and we're going as, with a selection of fictional characters played by your female co stars over the years. So we're going to call this category Leading Ladies. And your options are Nicole Bahari, aka Detective Abby Mills <laughs> from Sleeping Over. It's just the characters, <laughs> not, the, characters. not the actors. Nicole. Uh. <laughs> it's Detective Abby Mills, a fictional lady. It's uh, not Issa Rae, but Issa D from Insecure. And Asia Naomi King, a.k.a. Michaela Pratt from Murder. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so these are all, for anybody who doesn't know, these are all women that I've played the love interest for them. Mm -hmm. um, no pressure. Right. <laughs> so, uh, okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, kissing on the mouth and eating tacos. I would say all day, all day date would be Issa. Issa is fun as hell. Okay. okay. Just okay. In general, she's just a dope, 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 dope person. Okay. Uh, tacos and kissing on the mouth. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what is the what is the character? It's Michaela Pratt on Murder from How to Get Away with Murder and, and Detective Abby Mills from Sleepy Hollow. Oh, okay. So I'm doing the kissing tacos and mouth and tacos with yeah. mouth. <laughs> I'm doing that with <laughs> Detective Mills. Nice. Yes, Mills. And I'm I'm ghosting Michaela. Oh. Michaela be getting into some shit. <laughs> 
but Kayla be getting There's it. always some dead girl on some phone somewhere. Ooh. I get that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Solid. Okay. So our final category, these are fictional women we love, but who can be a little difficult. Okay. And we have Olivia Pope from Scandal. Wait, you said they're, they're the, what? They're, uh, you know... People we love, but they can be complicated. So these are complicated oh, women. Okay. So Olivia Pope from Scandal, Mary Jane Paul from Being Mary Jane, mm -hmm. and Molly Carter from Insecure. Ooh. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I'm Ghost of Molly. Yep. <laughs> I'm Ghost of Molly because. <laughs> nope. Nope. I'm Ghost of Molly. Love Yvonne, but Molly? Nah, uh, homie. Um, I am doing an all-day date with Jan Mary, Mary, Jane Mary, Paul. Mary, Jane, Mary Jane Paul. All right. And then Olivia Pope. Um, we eating tacos and we kissing on the mouth. Okay, okay. <laughs> Very uh, assertive well, with that Pope. one. He said fits who? I don't Olivia know Pope. if it's. Olivia Pope, you know. And then you can move on because you know she's going to be getting you into some shit too. That's uh, true. This is That's true. true. That's this true. true. Eat the tacos and leave. Get out yeah. of there before you become a scandal. Well, again, thank you so much for uh, the way that you made so much, you took such consideration with these choices. You know, you're very serious about that. We, we appreciate <laughs> it. It's not just a game. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you for having wonderful, complex thoughts about Look at this. representation. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's an old picture. <laughs> Right. We like it. It's a good yeah. photo. Yeah. Uh, Miss Juneteenth is your next project, and you all can support that when it comes out on wider release. In the meantime, you can follow Kendrick on Twitter at Kendrick38 and also on Instagram. Please, please give it up for Kendrick Sampson. I don't know if you noticed, we just did a heart to heart. So that's they call that growth. <laughs> it's growth. And I am not a hugger, but you know, some, sometimes I make exceptions. <laughs> um, we have had such a wonderful time with you all today. Thank you for coming out. Did did y'all have a good time? Are, are y'all good? <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. We want to give um, a huge thanks, obviously, to Filmmaker Lodge here in Park City for having us and being so accommodating. Uh, thank you also to our amazing guest. We had Mr. Daniel Day Kim. And we also had Mr. Kendrick Sampson. Please don't forget to support them in their movies, Blast Beat and Miss Juneteenth, and please follow them on social media as well. Thank you to Slate, and of course, a big thank you to Dropbox, the sponsors of the show. Please enjoy your goodie bags that were on your chairs. And please don't forget to subscribe to Thursday Kit wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and as always, we want to thank the people who helped to make this show possible, especially Faith Smith, who without, without whom we could not be here today. Thank you, Faith. Where are you, Faith? <laughs> Thanks, Faith. Oh. <laughs> Thursday Kid is produced by Sher Vincent and us, Bim Adewunmi and Nicole Perkins. You can follow the show on Twitter at Thursday Kid. 
And we are on Tumblr at firstaidkidpodcast.tumblr.com. And you can always email us at firstaidkids at slate.com. Thank you so much for coming out again. And remember, stay thirsty. Stay thirsty.